Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Dave and Jimmy. And whether you're listening from our Buzztown TV or Bingetown TV feeds, thank you for stopping by. Today, we're going to be covering Season 2, Episode 7 of Showtime's Yellow Jackets. Today's episode is called Buried. And if you haven't already noticed, we're playing a little bit of musical chairs on hosting duties this week. Luke and Kathleen are subbing out. But don't you worry, we got Jimmy filling in for them making his yellow jackets debut and i'm going to hand it over to him in a second to get his thoughts been a little bit of a crazy weekend with mother's day it threw a wrench into everything so this episode might be coming out a day or so late we apologize for that but after all it is mother's day but before we get too deep into it here i do want to reroute you over to bingetown tv it Oh my gosh. Reroute you over to bingetowntv.com, a newly refurbished setup over there. Uh, go check it out. It has all our backlogged episodes, any blogs that we write. You can find it all there at bingetowntv.com. But yes, episode seven of Yellow Jackets. Big episode. I don't know. It was a big Coach Scott episode. If I'm being honest, we get a misty show tune. Um, a lot to go over here. And in the uh, absence of Kathleen, I did take it upon myself to type up a little episode summary here. So in 2021, the Yellow Jackets received their own unique treatments at Lottie's compound and danced the night away. While back in the 90s, Misty leads a search party for Crystal. What is dead may never die. While Shauna <laughs> grieves her loss. Yes, episode seven, Buried, sitting at a 7.7 on IMDb. I'm trying to do everything that Luke and Kathleen <laughs> always do and cram it into my opening monologue, but I have been talking way too much. Uh, Jimmy, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> the bench player is in, baby. But uh, yeah, I joined the pod with Kathleen for one theory episode it was a blast i've been enjoying your guys coverage i've been loving the show of course this is another episode that glad i got a chance to talk to you guys about it there's some things we definitely need to talk about personally this might be one of my least favorite episodes i don't know of the entire show but definitely of this season we got some answers to things but it's still i don't want to say Where's the chase and how do I cut to it for this episode? But mm -hmm. there is certain things that I didn't think it moved the plot forward enough. I think we'll get into it. Uh, but for now, I'll pause. Let Dave uh, give his thoughts on the app. Just glad to have you, Jimmy. First time on Thanks, the Yellow bro. Jackets pod. Um, but I honestly completely agree with you. Um, it felt 
like we were missing a little bit from this episode. And if I remember correctly, I feel like season one was kind of like the same way. Like the closer we got to the finale, the slower ish, it kind of felt like it was in like getting to that plot. But like once we get to those penultimate and finale episodes, they will deliver. I have full confidence in that. It's just this episode. And I think even in season one, you know, if we matched it up, it was probably also a little bit of a lull. So kind of expected. I mean, every episode can't always have us on the edge of our seat, but this show just is still amazing. I will never mm-hmm. say anything bad about it until it deserves to be talked badly about it, but continues to do everything right for now. I would agree that it was maybe a slower episode and maybe a weaker episode overall, but it wasn't without its own marquee moments, if you will. Yeah. I mean, the coach got yeah. cliffside scene. I was on the edge of my seat for that. Mm-hmm. And then I think the therapist reveal was an absolute jaw drop moment uh, at the end of this episode. So I think we're on the same page, maybe a weaker episode of a phenomenal show. So even the weaker episodes are pretty damn good. The IMDb reading rating seems to fit it pretty well based on the correlation of other episodes. I think you said last episode or maybe two ago was like an 8.4. That was one of the or Luke had said that it was like an 8.4, which is one of the highest of all time. So 7.7. Honestly, if I were to scale it, that sounds about right to where I would put it. It's right in the middle in terms. Yeah. Excuse me. Right in the middle relative to season two episodes on IMDb, which that sounds yeah, about right. Sure. All right. Do we have a preference for the 90s or our adults? I'm a 90s baby, dude. <laughs> We're so all do you want to save baby. it for the end then? What does that mean? Um, what does I it mean, mean? I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, if you guys don't mind, I'm down with the 90s to start. 90s. I would agree with that. Let's do it. So we kind of pan in. It's middle of a snowstorm. We're going to the cabin. Morale is low. Shauna is clearly just devastated. Won't take water from Thaisa. But Lottie notes that the snow has finally stopped. So that kind of kickstarts the episode. It's these girls who seem to have been kind of just snowed in for the past days, if not weeks, finally getting a breath of fresh air and maybe just to turn their just morale around. Um, So people start digging out from the front door and Shauna kind of goes off and gives her baby a little tomb and says goodbye to it. Was there anything more to that kind of burial sequence in your guys opinion? At first, I thought it was wild that she was still holding on to the baby. But Uh, literally, as you were saying your sentence, it makes sense now as to why they never got rid of it. It's because they physically couldn't get rid of it. They were literally snowed in. So I saw her coddling it at the very beginning. I was like, why are we still holding on to this thing here? Unless we're going to eat it. You know, I've always been a big component of baby. (laughs) So, uh, but that was really my only comment here. The other thing I guess really quickly, I want to say too, is on the last podcast episode, we had asked ourselves if the, blood sacrifice that they did during the pregnancy was that gonna was that for shauna to keep her alive or was that the transition of them no longer having to deal with the snow i think here in this scene it tells us that i think lottie actually specifically says that we saved shauna because of it so we got a uh, one of our questions from last podcast answered here with the ritual was for shauna not the baby or the weather it helped keep her alive which i even said last episode she looked horrible like i don't know what women usually look like during giving birth but she definitely did not look well at all so it makes sense that the ritual was for her it it ended up being for her yeah i mean you saw the the scene that shows all the blood on the blanket that shauna throws into the fire and we know 
that that's not the blood from them eating the baby like mm-hmm. she's envisioning. It's right. from her. And they're in the wilderness and they're trying to survive in a cabin for days. You know, it is a miracle that she lived. And yeah, like you said, Dave, Lottie did admit or whether it's admit or not, she did say out loud that the prayer that they were giving to the spirit wilderness, whatever, the, the spirit of the wilderness <laughs> or the spirit of the forest was to keep Shauna alive. Now, I'm glad they gave us the timetable. I'm glad they said it's only been a couple days. You know, when they talk about Crystal, they say, you know, uh, Javi stayed in the wilderness for months and survived. Crystal, you know, maybe she could have survived this couple days we've been locked in. Because obviously holding the baby psychologically, I get that part. But, you know, logistically with holding a baby for however long that's dead, you know, uh, you know, they, they probably need to get rid of that. ASAP, but it would um, smell dank yeah. in oh, that cabin. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. And they I probably mean, can't go outside to pee or so. And I think, Dave, what you were talking about happens after Misty kind of puts on the theatrics to save face uh about Crystal. And what precedes that is her overhearing Mari, Akila, and Jen kind of just shooting the shit while they're digging out the cabin. But Mari, of course, is trying to convince the others that Misty might be more psychotic than they previously believed and that she potentially did something to Crystal, which she is hitting the nail right on the head in assuming that that is the case. But Akila, who is kind of our somewhat of a moral compass. I feel like she's got mm-hmm. a good head on her shoulder is yeah. is quick to defend Misty because she sees the best in people. Um of course, Misty is has her own devious intentions in mind while she's overhearing this. But that kind of kickstarts uh, her leading the group in theatrics to try and say, hey, if Javi survived, Chris, uh, Crystal can survive. I thought this entire plot line was so fantastic for Misty, so consistent with the character. I, I just love her. Yeah, Misty's incredible. <laughs> I mean, Maury's asking for it. Dude, is that she, what you're going to say, Dave? Literally what I was just about to say is she is constantly stirring the pot. I mean, I feel like she just the she's talking to someone, someone leaves and then she's immediately just ready to talk shit about that person at oh, a yeah. moment's notice. It's I I feel like she's got to have she's going to have a bigger role, I feel like coming up soon. Like she keeps getting these small bitchy moments that I feel like are going to culminate into something big eventually. I have no idea if that's true or not, but that's just my guess because she she has been such a problem for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, do you think that Mari is pit girl? So did I you I talk did this... about that on the theory episode. Actually, Yeah. So so on the theory episode uh, on our Benchtown Entertainment channel for YouTube, I've been throwing out uh, quick five to seven minute YouTube videos. There's about four right now for Yellow Jackets theory. So you guys can go check that out if you would like to. One of the more recent ones that I talked about was there being multiple antler queens. I don't know that I necessarily believe it, but the the premise is that the antler queen isn't actually the leader. It's the person that you are priming to be the next sacrifice. So the person waiting, you know, say pick girl is the person that they're eating in episode one, right? The antler queen that's in the middle actually isn't ever eating and she's just sitting there and it's like they're pampering her because she was the next one to be chosen as the next sacrifice. So there's always a next sacrifice to the total to the wilderness. And my guess was that Lottie was the most recent antler queen, the one that we see in episode one. But then they are saved before she is 
sacrificed. And that's why she keeps seeing the antler queen. And that's why, you know, my guess was that eventually, and I, I, I don't, I want to talk about this on the pod. And this is actually a couple episodes back. I talked about it on the theory episode on the other channel. And I don't think it made it to this uh, main pod. And if you, if you guys did talk about it, forgive me, but did you catch on, I think it was episode five that Javi brought the queen card back with him. I don't what? Think, yeah, I don't think I saw yeah, that, but I, okay, I heard that okay. on your theory. I heard that on yeah. the yeah. So there's this crazy part, and I can't believe that they made it so subtle. But there's a scene where Crystal's still alive, and Javi's brought back, and uh, Travis is talking, or try, they're trying to talk to Javi, and then Travis says like Javi will talk what he wants to, leave him the hell alone. And then in the subtitles, very quietly, Akila goes up to Javi and says something along the lines of like, "Where'd you get that queen card?" And that's it. And then they just move on. And it is fully on the subtitles. In wow. in season one, when they establish there's a queen, is it just one queen card missing from the deck or all four? I believe they say the queens are missing. I all think. four are missing. There's no so, queens in the deck is what they say, I believe. So we now have one more accounted. So for we're saying that there's one queen. And obviously we know that Lottie sees the queen with like the X's through their eyes. And my guess was that if you pull the eventually... If you pull the queen card with the X's through the eyes, you're the next sacrifice because they always use the cards as like, here's your chore. Here's the ship bucket tour or tour. Here's the ship bucket chore. And here's this. Here's that. You pull the queen. You're the next sacrifice. If they devolve into the full on, you're, you know, moving, moving, moving forward to, mm-hmm. hey, we're sacrificing humans to the spirit god. I don't hate that theory, but do you think they're just going to come up with this agreement themselves so that. Like, what yeah, would I their mean, my, motivation be for accepting that culture as a group? Right. So my whole thing was that they definitely would have to devolve. So we know they're there for, what, 18 to 19 months or so. So there's mm-hmm. going to be another winner. So we're assuming that that first scene from season one or that, season, or that episode one scene where they're all straight up <laughs> back to savage situation. Yeah. That's the next winner. Right giving them time to get further into it. So my hope, and I wanted it so bad in this episode, was that they're going to start noticing even more that any time a sacrifice is made, whether it's a blood sacrifice or any kind of sacrifice, meaning Shauna giving the baby, the dead baby, I thought her making that tomb was going to make something happen. I thought Shauna with the blood, putting the blood onto the snow was going to make something happen because I thought that it would make sense that eventually they would start noticing that every single time something happens that's a sacrifice, like showing a bleeding onto the symbol, Jackie dying, blah, blah, blah. Something happens that keeps them alive. Especially well, if Lottie keeps being the, the quote-unquote leader of this you know, religious faction that's developing or whatever you call it, cult that's developing. Like we, She already has a, a following of people that kind of you know believe her powers. So if she's the one just telling people like, look, the forest spirit wants us to give it sacrifices. We've survived this long because of the forest. If we have to keep sacrificing ourselves to, you know, just make sure at least some of us survive, then the, that's what we're going to do. Then I, I, I buy it. I think Lottie would be a perfect catalyst for that. Type and that's of why evolution. I, and that's why I was going to say that Lottie being the most recent sacrifice that you would see in episode one of season one, if she was chosen, she would just take it. She would say, mm-hmm. Oh, it's my time. I'm chosen. Now, uh, this episode didn't help that at all. The you know the baby being put in the tomb, the her with the blood that really didn't do anything for us. 
Um, we know that technically the sacrifice they made, whether it was Travis's cutting his finger for the blood and them chanting, kept Shauna alive. But I was hoping something in the 1990s uh, scenes were going to show us that sacrifices make more sense and mean more. Yeah, I'd, I also don't want to close the door on nothing's going to happen with the baby's tomb that Sean set still up. Time. That's still there. She put yeah. rocks on it. That could happen next episode or something. And mm-hmm. I also want to bring up kind of the other supernatural interaction that happens this episode would be Shauna discarding the the bloodied blanket with the symbol into on the it fire. into the fire, which could have a negative reaction if yes. she's burning something with the symbol. Um, yes. Completely agree. Um, and I guess it's this is on me for the rant, but I'll I'll roundabout go back <laughs> to your original question, and that was, do I think Mari's pick girl? Um, I do. Like I did think that, and then I was when I was making the video, and you guys will have to check this out for yourself because who knows? But when I was making the video, I zoomed in on this one scene where you see the quote unquote antler queen and then the two people next to them. And I never noticed how the person to her right. So our left, when we're looking at, there was three people, the antler mm-hmm. queen and one to her right and one to her left. The person on her right shows like a good amount of her face and people online are trying to say that kind of looks like Lottie. So they're like, it can't be Lottie as the antler queen, but I thought it kind of looked like Mari. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of taking me out of it saying that's Mari. So I don't know. And I, I don't think it's a huge Thing that matters right now but all we do need to know right now is that Mari's asking for it i mean especially <laughs> with the way she like you said stirring the pot day but at the same time if she thinks if she believes what she's saying out loud about misty she's taunting her ass like she literally in the in the scene where she's quote unquote faking saying i can't be here and i can't deal with this and she's crying meaning uh misty chris or uh mari's like Fine, we'll go find her for you. Like, yeah, whatever. Like, Mari you know, was it's... not buying it at all. Are we yeah. all on that same page? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. But reel it back in. <laughs> That's my Yeah, reel yes. it back in. Yeah, so I'm going to get us back on track. And actually, we're kind of jumping around here. But a critical scene that we did kind of jump over was the Ben Scott flashback. Yes. And I kind of want to apologize to Luke because... He tried to propose that there was something important about kind of the specific staticky transitions that have been coming with these Coach Scott flashbacks. And I think what they establish with the therapist reveal at the end is that this static transition is going to be an antler queen motif. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm going too far with that, but I'm kind of now thinking that a lot of these flashbacks are more kind of involved with antler queen supernatural stuff than we've been previously thinking specifically Paul in this flashback seemed to be a little bit more self-aware and like conscious of what's going on kind of more not an NPE just like a guy acting on his own and he takes the phone call and he says he tries to say he isn't ready who do we think is on the other end of that phone call? Or was that just like random Paul, like flashback to Jersey stuff? Cause like, can this Paul interact with the antler queen, like through whatever medium this is, this this felt like a very important vision. And I haven't even gotten to his kind of forebore, excuse me, foreboding warning about, you know, you're not safe here. You have to go, but I've been talking a lot to talk to me guys. Um, couple things there the first one i want to mention is um coach scott obviously had the antlers in that scene 
behind him while he was doing the whole participation. Did uh, hallucination Jackie ever have static with her when Shauna was like talking to her? I'm I don't. Just, I'm just not think sure. So. I'm just curious. Not that I remember. Yeah, but I don't I, think so. I'm with you that the Antler Queen, the the static is definitely a motif of the Antler Queen. Either I don't know if they're hallucinate, like they're they've got to be like half hallucination and like half flashback because some of the events do feel like they're kind of pulled from a memory, but then the Antler Queen kind of twists them to a point that maybe tricks the person hallucinating into thinking that that scenario was real. But before you, you go, I hand it back to you, Vitons. The other thing, when you say when you asked about the question, he isn't ready. I took that as the the spirit god or whatever was inhabiting the boyfriend's body and was referring to Ben Scott saying he isn't ready. Maybe as if this goes into what Jimmy's theory is about, you know, being the next candidate, maybe the antler queen is viewing him as a candidate, but he isn't ready to be the next sacrifice yeah. because maybe he's still latching on to the past so much like with his boyfriend and everything that he just can't buy into what's happening with the spirit god i'm not 100 that's how i something took it i mean was, that's yeah, i don't know if I you guys you kind of felt something differently when they said he isn't ready but i took it as that was the spirit god talking about ben scott to ben scott basically as weird as that sounds i I almost got the impression that it was like the forest god on the other end of that phone call, like almost, almost like she's trying to move these yellow jackets like chess pieces. And it's like, I, I'm done with Coach Scott in the narrative of what I need to happen here in the wilderness with these girls. It's mm-hmm. it's time for him to go. And that's why Paul was saying, like, you know, wh- where do you think you are, Ben? You had to have known you couldn't stay here forever. This was never meant to be your hiding place. Uh, what matters is you're not welcome here anymore. I think the forest god, the wilderness, whatever, is just done with him. Just in the scope of whatever grand scheme or narrative it has going on with these girls. I'm just asking. I'm just going to throw this question out there. You don't have to answer it. But I'm just wondering if Ben Scott not committing suicide has anything to do with this he isn't ready thing like that where all this kind of culminates like into what you're saying jimmy like oh he isn't ready to sacrifice himself he isn't ready to like put his body on the line for other people you know I've, that's just but I, I can also see what you're talking about b tom's that yeah like hypothetically the spirit god might have been the one that the boyfriend was talking to on the phone and he was trying to like talk about ben scott at the end of the day i think the conversation was definitely about ben scott when they say he isn't ready. Yeah. Um, something that's really that I can gather. Something that really stuck out to me, and you were flirting around with it, Brian. They say, meaning the boyfriend says in that scene at one point. Um, let me let me just remember exactly how it was worded. It was basically saying like, um, "You're no longer needed." Mm-hmm. And if you recall, it, do you have the do you have the actual says, lines? We have to go. Where do you think you are, Ben? You had to have known you couldn't stay here forever. This was never meant to be your hiding place. What matters now is that you aren't welcome here anymore. You didn't do anything. It's just time. Okay. Okay. So I'm taking, I'm, I'm twisting a little bit. So when he's saying you're not welcome here anymore, I took it similarly to how in Jackie's dream, or I'm sorry, right before Jackie dies, Lottie says you're, you're no longer needed here. 
You remember when uh, Doom Coming is happening yes. and she bangs Travis? Yes. She leaves the room. She's trying to stop everyone from the big old orgy. And Lottie is like, you're no longer needed here. You're no longer welcome. And she closes her into the closet and slams the door. Next thing you know, she's dead. So mm. I would have bet a million dollars. I was ready to bet a million dollars that Ben was going to die this episode. Jump. So did I. I oh, thought I was, this was it for Coach. And yep. I was kind of happy because I'm like, that's not the worst way to go. Oh, it I, completely like- worked out because I, I, I'm i with you. I was I I didn't want him to jump and I really thought he was going to jump. I think it was now was the perfect time because they had already the girls, some of the girls like Crystal and Mari, uh, or sorry, Akila and Mari were whoever it was, Jen and Mari. Someone were talking about how they actually kind of want to eat people like they didn't mind yeah. it yeah so in yeah, my head insane. i'm thinking of that quote and then i'm like oh my god ben if he jumps here then that just it gives it more ammo that he is actually going to jump because the girls already have it on their mind that oh we're like totally willing to eat people so if he jumps like it's just a win i guess for everybody except for coach scott but i mean it's such a I confusing mean, as as- such a confusing scene yeah, and as soon as Misty said, I'll tell everyone you're gay, and he looked at her, I was like, he's jumping. Because that's, mm. she has no idea that she actually said the total wrong thing there, because, like, his trajectory, his character development throughout this whole survival situation is that if he was, if he survives, if he makes it home, he's going to tell everybody his truth. He's done hiding. He doesn't yeah. need to hide it anymore. He's sick of it. He wants to be, quote-unquote, out or whatever you want to say. So her saying, tell everyone that I'll tell everyone you're gay. He's like, I'm not scared of that anymore. Do it. And I thought he was jumping right there. Like, I thought that was it. Yeah, those and then crutches were... she moves on and says, and I know we're jumping around and talking about this a little early, mm-hmm. but um, like in my head, I'm going, Missy can't win, man, because Crystal is her fault. But Ben falling and dying right there with with Missy being there to see. That's another one where she would have been taking a huge L. The whole group would have been like, you're out. You just killed Ben. In an episode where she was trying to act in front of people to try and just deceive them and lie to them, this was the most genuine Misty has been all episode, just pouring out her heart to Coach Ben Scott. And what, like, her final plea to him is just, you know, I... I tried so hard to save that baby. I really did. I wanted that to work out for us, for Shauna, for everybody. And like, I just cannot have more blood on my hands. Your death right now cannot be on my hands. Um, I thought it was fantastic acting, first of all, but agreed. This was the another iconic moment <laughs> from yeah. this show, in my opinion. Honestly, the way they were framing like Coach Scott's face, freshly shaven beard, like up against this sunny sky. I was like, that's it. So long, partner. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> we'll see you in the next NDE experience. Yep. Yeah. Wow. We've always talked about how Coach is indefinitely going to die at some point. And this scene proved to me that I'm not ready emotionally for that to happen <laughs> yet. I love Ben Scott. His He's been such an up and down character, like him losing the leg early on and then being completely, you know, such an asshole to everyone and then kind of coping with it, realizing that he still has a part to play, becoming one of the girls and then having to see everyone eat Jackie at that episode. And then now his whole debacle with internally, like, what is he going to do? I He's been such a great character and I'm not ready to lose him yet. So definitely a win that he didn't jump. 
Yeah, so kind of to rewind right when our search party embarks and it's Mari, Aquila and Misty kind of break off together and Lottie has a moment with Taista where they Lottie just wants to talk about her sleepwalking other self and says, hey, you located Javi. Maybe you could help us find Crystal, who we know isn't alive yet. But I'm starting to think there might be a little bit of a loose end in this storyline because we didn't see a body after the snow fell. Yeah, that, I mean, that's I a know. huge mystery to me right now. Mm-hmm. A little bit. That was, that really? was what I was trying to hint at right there a few minutes ago. Yeah. Was what happened to the body? I have no idea. Again, I mean, goes back to the theory that she was never real. And like maybe people were just playing along that, oh, Misty's just completely crazy. She made up this emotion, like this friend, and we're just going to all pretend that she That can't be it at this point. I can't imagine they they use the resources. Yeah, I can't imagine they use the resources at this point to actually go looking for an imaginary friend. But like, if they didn't really do that, where they like let Misty go looking herself, which that wouldn't make sense either because Misty knows she's dead, at least thinks she's dead. If there is some way that we could have gotten Misty to the other side of the cliff looking for Crystal and not finding Crystal without any of the other girls kind of bringing it up, then that would have been like a damn baby because we would have been like, okay, then she must not be real. And that was a sweet theory. But, you know, talking about Crystal eating Crystal actually going and looking for crystal it can't be that anymore and i think we pretty much were done with that theory for the most part at at this point but that dave that would have been cool i mean there's there's something going on like you would find crystal because you know where she fell you know i i understand that it's a lot of snow but she was looking and she would have you know she would have gotten something yeah blood red snow anything so I want your guys takes on the board when the snow melts. Do you, we think there's going to be her remains there, whether or not they can still eat it at that point? Or do you think the body's going to be gone and Missy's going to be like, what the hell is going on here? Going into I'm, one. Of I'm G- starting to think the latter is true. That's me. Going into one of Jimmy's theories that I've kind of brought up on the podcast before is, or Maybe it wasn't Jimmy's theory. Maybe this was one of Alki's theories. So many theories. Always with this give show. me the props, dude. Always yeah. <laughs> give me the props. I'll take but them. But the all. one that I had brought up on the podcast was that Javi survived with something or someone or out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was the one that was stealing the bear meat. That was the one pooping in the bucket. Maybe this thing also took Crystal's body to, for consumption. I. Listen, I don't know if we're saying that this entity, this spirit person, wilder God. Wow, I keep saying spirit God. I'm spirit bomb, baby. I'm thinking wilderness, <laughs> wilderness spirit is actually someone accepting sacrifices. I mean, I don't know how supernatural we're going. I don't know how powerful we're making this spirit, but could have just freaking took Crystal itself. I, I, I don't know because you would like to see proof. And how are they going to show that to us? I'm sure they can figure that out if they want to. But I feel like there's going to be some kind of other answer to it. There's definitely see, some, like this isn't like a fake out. I, I'm truly believing that something took this body or someone did something with it. Well, there's something I want to talk about. And I, Brian, you're going to get upset and I have to Ooh. do it because I know the listeners are going to um, get probably bring it up like on the YouTube comments and stuff. So we just so we have our completion of everything that we know so far, there is a trailer, Brian, 
<laughs> that has them holding like, you know, holding a stick where they're carrying, uh, uh, you know, it's a it's a huge tree trunk or a branch where they're carrying a body. You can't see who it is. But people all over are saying that it matched Crystal's shoe, indicating that they are going to find her and she's going to be like someone that they're bringing back to the cabin or something. But that that's not confirmed. But and you ever tell me this cr- now, uh, you know, my ever spirit since- and my morale. <laughs> ever since Crystal died, that's what people were like. That was one of their things about, oh, she has to be real because we think. But they also, it is all over the place that these girls change clothes 24-7. They're like taking each other's or switching back and forth. So you can't really match clothing to clothing. It could be literally anybody. We still have plenty of more time for somebody else to, you know, die. But they're guessing that it is Crystal's body that they're retrieving at some point. But this really does throw a wrench in it. I mean, she, as far as we know, she is missing. I mean, I... It's hard. It's hard not to find her. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm on the side of she might be missing. The only thing that I want to bring up here that potentially could be a plot hole that I don't think will is I want to ask you guys. This is why do you think Lottie could tell that Javi was alive, but couldn't be like, oh, I know Crystal's yeah. alive out there. You Crystal's know, like, dead. do you think it's because <laughs> it goes into what we've been talking about this whole episode with maybe Javi has more of an important role for the spirit, God, forest spirit, whatever. And that's why it was sending signals to Lottie to locate him. But that was just something that came up in my mind is Lottie was Lottie? able to tell Javi was alive, but not Lottie or sorry, that but not Crystal. Not Crystal yeah. yeah. It's, it's so weird because they are flirting with a, a, like a on a fine line here of what Lottie can do and what she can't do because, like you said, Dave, they she knew Javi was like alive. if she can but feel then, if she can feel like a an, a presence you know if she could feel Javi's presence then she would be able to feel Crystal's presence and then be like oh I don't feel her presence anymore she's definitely dead but maybe right. she's so holding that information because she doesn't want to like down everybody around her being like oh she's dead like let's not waste any time on it going with what jimmy was saying they're kind of a little washy in defining what lottie can and can do do we think there's a reason why now she wouldn't be able to do that as opposed to when she could maybe it has something the only the only thing that i'm thinking is the only parallel would be uh thais's sleepwalking like thais is no longer sleepwalking so maybe that, like maybe that, like maybe Thais's alter ego is like Lottie's eyes or some shit. Like I was that. gonna say that, dude. And, like that never ooh. came in my head until now. Like yeah. if Lottie actually has Antler Queen again made up, but Antler Queen powers, the spirit powers, where at points maybe she's getting she's possessed or, or she, yeah, I mean, geez, <laughs> like n- not necessarily that like Thais's other self is Lottie, but. Mm-hmm. Whatever Thais's other self knows, Lottie knows because she is connected in some way. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, or, I could or buy like that. you said, or like you said, it could be seeing through her eyes whenever she has the power. I can't remember, and you guys would have to correct me on this if I'm wrong. But is when she made the blood sacrifice, when she cut her hand and and you know dripped the blood into the throne or whatever they said the shrine, that was when she was getting ready to look for Javi with nat on their 1v1 so that that doesn't matter right because she knew before that she said that javi 
was mm-hmm. supposed to be alive, right? Because I, my whole thing was I'm trying to think if like her sacrifices give her power and she didn't sacrifice lately. It's so, because like, her I'm just, statement, I'm just her worried. statement that Javi was alive was before of that, before that, I believe. Before I believe that, right. it would have been yes. Before yeah, there. So I don't, I don't think that has any legs to it. Um, but the worried. other thing is, is, like you guys said, this is like they're, they're towing a fine line here and this could become a plot hole at some point. I really think that they've been very careful enough with this show so far that I I truly believe that it's not going to be a plot hole. I think there's going to be a reason on why they were able to locate Javi and not... I think they'll tell us why they were able to locate Javi, which will then in turn give us a reason why she wouldn't have been able to locate Crystal. If that yeah, makes I mean, sense. we know that she... I don't want to say she was wrong, but she said that... Sean is going to have a boy. She was right. But she also said that this boy is going to be super important. It's going to change everything. Now, that doesn't mean in, in I said this in my theory video on the other channel. That doesn't mean in, in life he's going to change things. His death could change everything. Mm-hmm. That could have yeah. been something that Lottie knew. Right. But if we're going to take it on face value, maybe that's something she could have been wrong about, meaning she thought that the baby was going to survive. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fair question, Dave. I, I don't know why she wouldn't know Crystal's presence, but she knows Javi's unless it's just that Javi is more connected somehow or the Thaisa thing, which I really do like. I feel like she, there are points where Lottie is like oozing confidence with her abilities. And then there are other points where it feels like even she is just as clueless as us sometimes, you know, like, I don't know if that has something to do with maybe her being possessed. Like she was speaking French in season one episode, whatever. I don't know. Just well, something I wanted to toss out there. In any rate, she is drunk with confidence. And in both timelines, it's worth pointing out that if the forest spirit or whatever is acting through Lottie in both timelines, this episode, Lottie was telling Thaisa to embrace the lady in the tree or the other one, whatever it is. So if the forest spirit is acting through her, the forest spirit definitely wants the lady in the tree to be a player in whatever's going on. So I kind of want to leave it at that. We went through all the misty stuff where she's digging out uh crystal, all the coach Scott stuff. How about Shauna going back to the meat locker and glancing over the fact that Showtime is cowards for once again, <laughs> not giving us Jackie. Yeah. Uh, Shauna gets a much needed cry in. I, I think what else are you going to do? She is absolutely spiraling and she's going to go back to this place. Uh, crazy scene. I was hoping Jackie was going to make the reveal. I mean, it would make sense that she does come back because, I mean, we even see future Shauna hallucinating 1990s Mm. Jackie. So it's like, I feel like at some point, maybe Shauna's going to crack just enough or even hits an even deeper rock bottom that will trigger Jackie's reemergence as an hallucination. Not entirely sure, but I was so ready. Me and Luke were just like here, just whispering like, oh, here she comes. Here she comes. And then we don't get her. I was so upset. Um, Really quick. I know we already said we wanted to move on, but I wanted to ask you guys this question. Did you notice what Lottie put onto the shrine in the conversation that she has with Thaisa right before she actually has the conversation? Yeah, she did do something. I didn't see what it was, actually. To me, this is only this is only. It's only like a thing to me because I've been so into these theories, right? And the thing that I was talking about when it comes to the antler queen being multiple antler queens and being the next sacrifice, one of the big things like 
for as a plus for it was that the antler queen's outfit has like multiple strands of hair like locks of hair on the dress if you pay mm. attention like you'll even see it in mm. the in the present manipulation or manipulation uh hallucination that lottie has are they and it, like to me attached? it looked like a lock of hair yes they're attached Dude, like the dress not almost. just yeah. not just hers coming down through the right no 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 uh, they're okay, attached cool. like cool, cool, yeah, cool, cool. yeah like decorations and to me it looked like a lock of hair i don't know if that's like a, everything she puts on there is a sacrifice we know the bear heart we know her blood so i'm wondering if that was hair Again, right now, so. I guess it doesn't matter, but it looked like a lock of hair to me. I thought so too. And I'm even thinking of when they did the sacrifice for Shauna. I mean, the first thing that went down, I think, was like a cluster of hair and then like a tooth or something like a rock. During the labor, yeah, I was yeah. just looking it up. Travis cuts for some blood. Van gives a button. The skull is there. And Lottie gives a lock of hair. So, yeah, hair is definitely a thing. That's that's okay. a good detail. We're rolling. We're, we're, we're getting close, guys. Big brain. Big brain. We're getting close to the answers. Um, one other really. thing. <laughs> yeah, right. One not other thing close. about Coach Scott, and I know we're—I don't know if we're even going to go back to that because we 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 got most of that scene taken care mm -hmm. of. But he didn't. If he would have killed himself, if he would have jumped, he would have never told the girls. At least as far as we know, that Javi talked to him and said something. I was wanted. I wanted that so bad. I need Very to know. True. So why don't we save like the final? I don't know, UFC match for after we tie up the 2020s timeline because I feel like it bleeds right into that and then we kind of have a montage. So, uh, yeah, let's just rewind back to the beginning of our 2020s timeline where we kind of get the follow-up to the Avengers mic drop, uh, mic drop moment that we had last episode. And it's essentially them just addressing the elephant in the room, uh... Did you guys join a cult or something? <laughs> like, why would we ever embrace whatever is going on here? This was pretty lighthearted episode overall, I would say, for the 2021 timeline. Definitely a feel. I had a lot of feel good moments here, which I feel like is so rare in the Yellow Jackets yeah. world that we get these feel good moments. And this was by far probably the best one I've seen. It brought us crashing down with one reveal. That wasn't a feel good moment when the van reveal, because I think a lot of people assume that Thais and van were going to get back together mm -hmm. in present time. And I mean, technically, I mean, they still can. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we all assume that van's just so messed up. Her medicine was just, hey, you know, the oxy or whatever, the Viking and whatever it was that was in the prior episodes was just, hey, man, the, the wilderness effed me up. So. Mm -hmm. I'm similar to Nat. I'm instead of drinking, I'm doing drugs or Nat was in rehab too. Mm -hmm. I think it was for drugs as well. So, oh yeah, Coke. So, um, you know, that's all I, how I took it. So her dying of cancer was a surprise to me. Wasn't for me because our one and only Kathleen yeah. <laughs> called it. She, she mentioned it on the last episode. She's like, guys, hear me out. Like, what if Van has the big C, you know, she doesn't, she's actually, you know, dealing with her own issues. And that's why it was, she was alluding to Thaisa saying, you know, don't worry about it. Like you didn't stop me from ever loving again. You know, don't give yourself that much credit. It just makes so much sense. And shout out to Kathleen for getting it right. It's a shame that she wasn't here to claim all that credit. Absolutely. I kind of want to pat all of us on the back because right when she said it, we were like, yeah, that checks out. We we were all <laughs> feeling good about that. But 100 percent, that was Kathleen's theory and she nailed it. 
Um, why don't we just keep talking about this van storyline? Cause that's kind of a quick scene later on, but it, it, we can just hit it now. What do we think is going to happen with this? Because I feel like they, like they wouldn't bring in adult van just to kill her off from cancer or something. I feel like they're all in the compound. They're going to, this news is going to come out and they're going to try and do some magic to save her. Were you, I can't remember. Were you, were you guys on midnight mass? I, I honestly me, don't Paul. even remember. I don't think I was now. I believe it was me, Paul, Luke, and Kathleen, and Brian. You watched it, right? I've seen the it first too. Half though. of it, yeah. I've seen okay, it all. So, not that it matters that much, and it's not a spoiler because it's like the main plot. But you know, magic just to, to cure people that has sacrifices to it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always the plus and the negative. Full Metal Alchemist, baby. You know the you right. know the deal. Um, I have a feeling that, like you guys said, we're not going to have her die of the big C, that they're going to try to take care of it somehow. And it could be like, uh, I feel like this episode would have been perfect with them being hammered and then like Thaisa being like, you know, starting to cry and then telling everybody and then them being hammered. Lottie like brings up some like not in her right state of mind, like, oh, maybe we should try this. And then they do something stupid that uh-huh. is. That's going to be next episode because they are still hammered (laughs) if we pick it up at this night. But let's stick a pin in that until we we get to that scene, because that's that that deserves its own conversation. The one thing I will say, though, this is what I was going to say, is that the forest spirit is definitely not letting Van get off the hook that easy by dying from cancer. It's got to be, you know, more mentally draining, traumatic death, if anything. Um, Mm -hmm. But it it is a big thing because. I mean, we in this episode as well, we didn't really talk about it much as Van has that conversation with Taisa about how she thought she would have a bigger purpose in life. You know, she was whatever was watching over her saved her from the wolves. She got saved um, from the the plane crash. Exactly. Yeah. So she herself has now believed that she has a big role in this universe that she's going to be playing. And her younger self is feels that way. And that clearly has transitioned over into the present day where she still, I feel like is looking for why she was kept alive for that. And now she's getting thrown. Now she has cancer to get on thrown on top of all that. It's just like, it seems like for her, she's just in this rut of why is all this bad shit happening to me? If I'm not going to get anything out of it, maybe not that selfishly, but you know, there should be a reason that I'm being kept alive all this time. And now you're going to give me cancer. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's I, I don't I think she's I don't know if she's going to get cured of the cancer, but Van definitely, definitely has a role still left to play, whether it's with the forest spirit or if if it's with our girls, she's got a big role to play. I guess we can call it here, too. Do you guys think she's actually going to die of cancer? or Do you think something else will get her if she does die? Not of cancer. Mm, not of cancer. I, I think so either. She could still die some type of way, but not a cancer. And that's yeah. Um, what was I gonna say here? Yeah, I I, I think that, like, I think that it was an important scene that we got in the '90s where Van is saying like, "What's the freaking point anymore?" I really thought there was a point, and I'm just starting to realize that there isn't. And then she grows up, goes through life, loses Ty. She's just running a store that is falling apart on her. We know that the bills aren't being paid and this and that. And she just feels like, Hey, you know, I get cancer and now it's just time's running out. And what the hell's the point? Like, why was I kept alive? But then Ty shows up 
And at that point, Van should have been saying, maybe that's the reason. But yeah. you know that the Van was fighting it. And she might in her head have that, like, oh, maybe that's the reason. But she was fighting it at first. I mean, that was something we had that might we brought up last episode that might be a potential issue is that, you know, up until this episode, Van had been showing signs of supporting Lottie um, early on. And then in the present day, all of a sudden, she's kind of blowing smoke at Lottie like, oh, she is a crazy bitch. Like, you know, what happened in the wilderness didn't happen. You know, we were all delusional. So. There was a, a weird transition there that I thought might have been an issue with how Van story arc is going, but I think this episode fleshed it out a little bit more in that she's just completely lost. Like she put all of her faith in Lottie, keeping her like maybe not all of it in Lottie per se, but in the forest spirit and then being kept alive. And then now to get this, she's just completely devastated. And so now I can see why there was that dip in okay, Lottie was just crazy the whole time because I'm still not achieving anything. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the trajectory of what happens in the nineties is really going to matter. And then we're going to see a downwards trajectory after the nineties, after they're they're Right. After they survive, after the they're safe, because, return, yeah. because as Lottie or the antler queen or the spirit gets stronger, the girls, whoever is on that side could end up being all of them start to believe it more. And van is, Right now, having a little bit of a dip, but I do think she's going to get back on the Lottie train at some point. But obviously, when she loses Ty in the present day or, you know, the day when they're older, when they're, you know, as that time goes on and as there is no talk between any of the girls and Van, she's going to start losing it. And that's where she's at right now. Yeah. My thing with Van is I think to some extent it does seem like she's been protected in the wilderness by some sort of force that wants to keep her there. If mm -hmm. the if the forest spirit, the antler queen, whoever went through all that trouble to get her through the wilderness experience, why like now that they're reconvening together in the 2020s, she would again try and protect Van for whatever her larger designs are. And we don't mm -hmm. know what that is yet. So I don't know. And I am sorry we completely skipped past that very short but seemingly important conversation between young Ty and Van in the 90s timeline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The only thing I'll say too really quickly is just another dartboard throw here is maybe... Uh, season one, you know, the whole incident of Van being, you know, attacked by wolves was basically the cause of not having this like protection amulet or protection, whatever you want to call it, artifact. Yeah. I wonder if maybe if it comes back into play in the in the present timeline and maybe somehow that thing keeps Van alive. But that's just me just throwing a dartboard. Like at. she's still holding See, on to the necklace. Yeah, maybe not. She's still holding on to it because I think that was going to be a question I asked is like, maybe if she, do you think if she was holding on to it all 20 years of her life from the crash, do you think she would have ever gotten cancer? Like, so I'm saying, I'm just thinking maybe she lost it. She got cancer. They'll somehow get back into her possession and she'll somehow be saved. That's just a guess. A dartboard. It's it, the interesting thing about it. And it's hard to theorize when you don't know how far they're going to go into the future we could have a situation where they're showing us so much of the past of the nineties. They're giving us everything that happens in the nineties in those 19, 18 months, whatever it is. But then the present shit might just hit the fan and they might get a conclusion within months or weeks or whatever it is. You know, they might drag along the present by days and hours at some point, instead of saying, all right, here's 
three years later, where 2024, you know, I, I'm not saying that's what I think, but I'm saying that's what could happen. So Van mm-hmm. could play a huge role for the, she says she has months. Well, months could be four seasons to us. We have no idea what months is going to be. True. That's Very a good true. point. Yeah. But I would imagine since they're bringing it into play, it means that we're going to be up against that three month oh, yeah. time. It, at some point, that storyline should come to add. I will say yes, that I agree the timeline that. of 2020 does move a lot quicker. It's more of a day to day timeline, whereas in 1990, like we'll have a stretch of like, we'll be following the girls for a few days or a week or whatever we think it is. And then, you know, we'll get a time skip like of a couple months or something. Whereas, in the present day, it's just day after day by day we're taking it. So I think months could definitely be stretched out over the course mm-hmm. of a few seasons for the present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But let's keep moving along here. So, yes, in 2021, they are all finally together at the compound. And once the initial conversation is over, Lottie tries to present them with her various treatments. This is a very funny scene where obviously girls like Thaisa and Shauna would completely reject it. I think Shauna's like every rational cell in my body is screaming right now. So... So the options are self-care, guidance, forage, and renewal. Shauna winds up with self-care, which sends her off on the adventure with Bruce the goat. (laughs) Misty (laughs) gets guidance, which I don't even know how to describe what happens in that sensory deprivation tank. And Van gets forage. I don't even want to spend too much time on Van and Ty because Van gets forage and just starts drinking. And then that storyline intercepts with Ty, who gets renewal and paints the side of a barn with a brush. And then she just kind of has a quick conversation with Lottie about what are your problems, Ty? Hey, I'm sleepwalking again. And Lottie kind of just reiterates what she was saying in the 90s storyline. She's always with you, this lady in the tree. You shouldn't run from her. You should be embracing her. So that's the mm-hmm. only thing I would put it in your guys' court. Anything about that, Thaisa, uh, adult Lottie conversation? The Not really. Thing, I'm. The only thing is, I mean, I've, I've thought in the past that Thaisa's demon or whatever's possessing her whatever it be was bad but if it was bad i don't think lottie would be sitting here telling her to embrace it so there's some connection between thais's powers in the forest spirit and whatever's going on with thais i just we still don't know what that connection is yet though lottie's real brave to be telling thaisa to hang out with her tree lady to hang out with her other tie when she's scared shitless of her yeah. homie that she's hanging with the I was antler getting, queen or I was getting Bruce Banner Hulk vibes. Yeah. Lady yeah. in the tree does just doesn't want to be repressed. If you don't yeah. like push her down all the time, maybe she'd be a little bit more chill. And she also makes a point to say clearly whatever this thing inside of you is holds a lot of wisdom and it has always had a deep connection with the wilderness. Obviously we've already seen it identify the tree markings, but there is this connection that is undeniable at this point between the wilderness forest spirit and this Thaisa entity. And Lottie's suggesting that she embrace it rather than hide from it. So for me, I wonder, go ahead. I'm sorry. I wonder if when it comes to the other tie, say she's hammer drunk from this episode and she passes out drunk. Like and this would it wake up other drunk? tie come out. Because, or is it really just, hey, we're going to do it when she's sleeping? Like, could you punch her in the face and knock her out and that give <laughs> other Ty a chance to show up? 
I don't really know if there are hard rules established yet. It, I feel like it, it would choose when it would come out, and it would choose not to come out after Thais has been drinking, because I don't know if it, it itself. But would hey, be like say, yo, Thais, if Ty is hammered ass drunk, can't wake up because she's so passed out. That gives free reign to other Ty. Other Ty can just be like, right. wake me up, bitches! You can't wake me up. I'm high, I'm hammered drunk. Yeah, I would agree. So I'm not sure if. The other tie, the lady in the tree, has a hundred percent control whenever she gets knocked out, whether it's sleeping or like pass out drunk to just take over control, or if there is still some resistance. Like I said, I don't think it's like a hardly, yeah, or has, a very definitive rules here. Has Taisa yeah. gotten yeah. a night of sleep in recent memory that we know of where she didn't get possessed? Like, has she just been consistently being? sleepwalking every night she falls asleep or was she because we saw her with her her experience with van it came out but i guess we just haven't mm-hmm. seen enough of the days go well, by maybe it's the same day i don't know actually no that is a good point because before she was at the compound she spent a couple nights at vans and before that she had the 48 hour stretch of like hitchhiking breaking into jessica roberts filing cabinet so i think that's a good point probably her past four or five nights sleep have completely been taken over by the sleepwalker lady in the tree mm-hmm. yeah so right. yeah mm-hmm. so yeah that ty and lottie conversation happens and then we'll catch up with van and ty later but the shauna and misty treatments kind of intercept with each other it's um a little bit of an emotional storyline for Shauna, who is obviously when confronted and tasked with taking care of this goat for the day, she relates it to her relationship with Callie inevitably. But also she's handed this goat by this well-intentioned cult member, just like here, here's this is the treatment. You have to take care of this goat. And she's like, what? So I can slit its throat later. Like <laughs> yeah. this girl is so damaged that she like, <laughs> immediately goes to slitting this goat's throat yeah. like she's just so messed up it's it was so funny I, when she got told that she wasn't going to slit the throat she's like oh my god really she was like so yeah. happy it was so incredible. i'm not crying because of bruce <laughs> the way adult lottie delivered that line like you don't have to kill the goat and yeah like, yeah really? so and she funny. was just like yeah really? <laughs> so excited um, yeah, I think it's equal parts. She was having an emotional realization and equal parts. She completely fell head over he- uh, heels for Bruce and Jimmy. I cannot believe you're on this podcast because you were the you are the mastermind behind the Milo, the goat saga. Oh, my God. Which is a binge down offshoot. And this is like <laughs> yeah. the most goat heavy episode of Yellow Jackets we've had. So the goat heaviest had, episode of any we had, show we've covered. We had to have the goat on the pod for the goat Milo, episode. the goat. Jimmy the Shadow and Bone, which we also cover, everyone. You can go check that out. We do, we. But yes, that was a. I controlled a Milo the Goat Instagram account for a little bit. I actually let it go. Uh, When he didn't show up in season two, it kind of hurt my heart. So I hurt a lot of other people's hearts, too. Yeah. I want to make a Bruce the Goat account instead. Oh, Bruce better be coming back. (laughs) Yeah. No no Sam treatment for Bruce. That's what I know. That's That's what I'm hoping for. So continuing on, we follow Misty to her 
sensory deprivation tank, which initially Lisa brings her there and she's immediately like questioning, you're going to lock me in here. What's going to happen? Lisa's like, literally nobody cares that you're in there. Just (laughs) just do the thing. Of course, Misty has to make it difficult. So she gives Lisa the slip, at which point she kind of runs into Shauna, who has already lost Bruce the goat. This was an interesting scene because Shauna does that thing where she gets on her high horse and talks down to Misty, who correctly stands her ground and says, look, I, I, I'm i not a serial killer. You're the guy that killed Adam Martin. Like, neither of us are innocent. And I'm the only one that approached that situation with the seriousness that it required. I got you out of that. And you're talking shit to me. Know your place, Shauna. Yeah. Luckily, she doesn't really have to answer that question because they do find Bruce the goat. Mm -hmm. But I I thought it was a cool scene kind of growth for both of them. Maybe I would agree. Definitely. Like just the fact that they're sharing feelings at all with each other, I think, just goes a long way. So I think they're definitely both growing, not fully grown yet. Yeah, I mean, Misty has her her issues, obviously, you know, 90s Misty and present Misty. But you also have to you can't forget, like. She was bullied, like even when like we don't know her tendencies before she was being bullied, but we have the scene from when she's younger in school and they're calling her and they're and we don't know who the girls on the phone are, but they're making fun of her. And she's just Mm -hmm. always never had friends. And then obviously the girls in 90s days aren't. You know, sometimes, yeah, yeah, Misty, you did this, you did that, and you deserve to get a little, you know, that was weird. But they're still bullying her. And Shauna kind of continued that with the way she talks to her. And I'm glad Misty stood up for herself because some of it is like she's, it really is like present day is, present day Misty is obviously, she is, is who she is from how she was brought up throughout the 90s with how everyone treated her. As funny of a line as it was in the last episode when Nat approaches Misty in the lunchroom and like Misty's like kind of looking all crazy. She's got the big smile, the big eyes. And that's like, God damn, like, are we all like this? That <laughs> was like the ultimate growth for Nat kind of realizing like shit, you know, we maybe she wasn't thinking these exact thoughts in the moment. But one of the things I could have brushed quickly over her mind is that like we give Misty so much shit for being like this weirdo. Like we think she's a misfit. But like in reality, we all are. Nat kind of comes to that realization. Shauna has yet, I don't think in this conversation, it doesn't quite click with her here. But we do see the growth comparison for Nat where she looks at Misty and she's like, damn, like I kind of actually have sympathy for you now. And I can actually relate to you because of the experiences that we've had, where Shauna's still just like, I don't, I think she's kind of rejecting, like, I don't want to be associated with Misty. Like, I don't want to be seen as this Misty kind of person. To give Shauna credit, the end of that conversation with Misty, Misty says, you're not so innocent either. And Shauna's like, I I know that, Misty. You you don't think that I know that? As if to say, no matter what I say, I know that we've done some shit in the past and I'm not going to pretend like that hasn't happened. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that more or less wraps up the Shauna stuff because we kind of talked about when she confronts Lottie, when she's trying to give the go back, and that's a funny scene. So why don't we move on to the Misty Tank scene, which I I doubt it's going to be everybody's cup of tea. Jimmy's over here shaking his head from left (laughs) to right really quickly. I thought it was fun um, in such like a... 
a morbid and somber show at times to contrast it with like a musical show tunes number like this. They saw the opportunity and they went for it. So I applaud them for that. They didn't. I didn't think it was too overbearing. It was probably two minutes of screen time tops. Um, seeing Caligula as an yeah, actor yeah. was a, like this as Sandman. Good, Sandman. It was. It was the actor from Sandman uh, who plays kidding. who plays um the evil person. Uh, like not you know what I'm talking about, right? B Tom's. He's the one that wants to go to New York. Remember, oh, like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, okay. Completely Sorry, that took so long. No, We're cut all of that. I just wanted to make that reference for you and just let you know that he i was That's sending definitely was, the rob yeah. vibes but you're uh, at first but i we thought got... you were trying to say it was the other god like lust i was no. like that's I who i think it no, was that's I who i was originally yeah. trying to lead you towards but it was obviously not that at all so yeah i kind of completely forgot about that character anyway um, so it was cool to see caligula in the flesh and i mean it was just a wacky zany whatever it was that did serve a purpose within the narrative because she was supposed to have an epiphany one of which was a little bit of self-confidence you're not a loser you're not a murderer everybody counts on you you've gotten the ball over the line more than anybody you're a closer misty and the other one was hey you better you better chase after this walter guy because he has a catch and you guys are meant for each other and i am all in on Misty getting drunk on confidence and being with Walter because I think they're a good match. Couple things I want to mention here. First being this was giving me a lot of the boys' vibes of um uh yeah. Black Noir. Uh, Black Noir, Black Noir. Yes. that whole thing. So I, I I think I enjoyed it more in the boys' version version than I did here. But the one thing I'll bring up from this scene is that we saw during that the whole montage of Misty's number and everything that there was like those three main items that were like rotating around. One was the, um, the locator. The other was the syringe, which that I believe was the syringe that she used to poison, um, Jessica. And then yep. what was the third one? I feel like that's the one that the axe. The, uh, oh, axe. that must've been for yeah. Ben to Scott. Code, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. the one of them. One of them was like, I couldn't figure out what it meant. I was wondering if maybe we hadn't gotten to it yet, but it seems like they were, all touched on yeah i'm not i'm not gonna act like i had a problem with it i mean like you said brian it served a purpose it was only two minutes it it was fun but i just think it's like not really the genre of yellow jackets and i feel like you could have told us that in a different way you know i feel like you could have got us there for misty in a different way i don't need to harp on anything at all that's it's not a huge deal to me i just thought it was like just so random that i was like oh okay whatever whatever you want to do I mean, the sensory deprivation tank. I don't know if you guys have ever been in it, but that's just such a weird thing for them to decide to make happen for Misty. It looks I mean, it's terrifying just... to me, honestly. I feel like just being in that vacuum, just complete darkness, just I've not done being it able before. to hear. Yeah. I feel like I would lose my mind for a little bit there. I'm sure it's You've relaxing. Done, it's cool, dude. You've done one of those before? Yeah, I've done float tanks before where you go into the tank and yeah, they turn you all darkness filled with ep- all the Epsom salts until you basically float like it's it's your body weight to keep the water temperature, the temperature of your body. So you literally feel like you're in nothingness. Sweet. I'm going to be honest. I just watched the uh, I didn't see Caligula when I was in that's there. A lot. Mm. I just watched. <laughs> I just watched the the third episode of Silo and I'm like, it's I'm having hard times like separating the two scenes because I mean, clearly the main character in Silo is yeah. having some issues with some water in that episode. So I was 
kind of thinking like in my head was misty like drowning i can't remember (laughs) (laughs) we cover silo as well everybody and it's great uh, it's been a fun watch great show it's been a fun watch and fun to cover you can find it on binge town tv or wherever else you may find your podcast i believe Anyway, after the sensory deprivation tank, Misty immediately goes to the landline in the cafeteria (laughs) and leaves a rambly, lovey, apologetic message for Walter. And then she signs off with a, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. And then a classic uh, Misty hysterical (laughs) laugh and just fantastic. No notes. Great job. I know you love Walter, but I feel like he's going to be a problem. For our girls, I think he's going to be a problem. There's so many theories where he could be his own FBI agent. He could be Adam's brother. He could be whatever you want to say. But a lot of people think he could be bad. And I don't know. I feel like he might be a problem. I do not want him to be a problem. I think he is into Misty more than anything else. And I would be crushed if he re- is revealed to be a villain. I think it would be cool to keep him as a good guy and be like Misty, just two Misties where they're so competent in the things that the the present day Yellow Jackets are going to need when it comes to the Adam stuff and all that. I mean, why show us the scenes where him and Misty are like going to bed and doing exactly the same things? And, you know, I feel like that kind of stuff proves he should just be another version of misty and it's they they're a perfect match and he should be a good guy Mm -hmm. but i don't think we could take it off the table that he's bad i mean having him be bad would be a a bad bad guy for them to be dealing with because he is super competent Mm -hmm. agreed so why don't we move on to the therapist session and this is where shit really just gets off the rails the rest of the episode from here on out just felt like a fever dream to me with like i already alluded to the fight at the end but this reveal was like another jaw drop moment how like at the end of it she walks over and like reaches around for a desk but the actual conversation that she has with the therapist really just confirms that this forest spirit this darkness this wilderness entity is alive and well within them and it is not so candidly like it is very plainly speaking to lottie and telling it her not to resist these primal feelings and emotions that she is feeling with all of the other girls in one place and lottie alludes to i i can feel it deep inside myself it feels wonderful and primal and it's it's this feeling that she can't really say anything more about but yeah what are we thinking here amazing amazing cinematography for this scene the flashes pretty much proving the points of i don't know if we could say proving but but going more towards the points that i think you guys had said luke was talking about in the last episode where when we see those flashes and and we know that that happens in the intro obviously ever since episode one mm-hmm. and by the way did the intro change for this uh, episode the music yes, did yeah. yeah this is the the third or fourth iteration of the song yeah. that we've heard now yeah my okay. advice I, I if it ain't want... broke don't fix it man <laughs> yeah just me leave too the theme song alone <laughs> yeah i agree unless it means something specific leave it alone but because i was expecting um, you know, to get that hard drop again because i think what yeah. was the song that played at the very it was another like great song and then i was hoping to get into the intro with the banger but then we got the slowed down version something in the yeah. way by nirvana that's what it was up. yes yes 
banger. This not this music. Their soundtrack's doing it for me. The scene. Oh my god! The, yeah, the hey, music at the end kid. as well. You were always yeah, I'm a nineties baby. I'll say second best soundtrack I've ever heard. Number one being Entourage because I'm now finishing Entourage <laughs> for the first time. We're on season eight right now, about to finish it. And boy, the music Entourage is money. We were talking about that yeah, actually we at, at Kathleen's birthday. How you're watching Entourage? Fucking them addicted. <laughs> yeah, no, first so time, good. first time. Oh, first time. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. first time. But, but yeah, sorry. I mean, I thought the cinematography was awesome. The reveal, amazing. Having the Antler Queen spirit actually speak to Lottie. And like you said, Brian, it was a woman's voice, whether it was changed via, you know, sound effects or not. It is a woman's voice as far as I can tell. So yeah. um, it doesn't sound like Mick. I, I would have to check again. I don't know if it was Lottie's voice changed to be, you know, changed with effects to make it sound like she's talking to herself, but just more, um, you know, with effects to it. But it was it was awesome. And again, Brian, this is the scene where you're seeing her and you see the locks of hair on her dress. Yep. Yeah, I did see yeah. them. I just didn't know if it was she just has super long hair coming through. Her right. Dress, right. But did, nah, I'm with you. So it sounds like you guys took it as though this the, every therapy session we've seen so far has not been real or do you think that it was just this one that we got that wasn't real because i mean so she comes out of the hallucination and she's like obviously completely like razzled um and then but you hear someone calling to her like as if like there was like a an assistant i guess at the front desk saying like everything okay in there or something so do we think that every session has been fake or was it just this one that has been earlier in the season they establish she's she says a line like thanks for seeing me on an as needed basis i know i've had planned by monthly oh, okay. forever right. ever since then it's been yes. queen so this Agreed. is like the fourth time we've seen this and that's why it was so dramatic and such like a mind fuck moment because this mm-hmm. hasn't been the first time right we did not think that the visions were anywhere near this bad yet for lottie and i think the right. reason that, and do you think obviously they have gotten to this point of being this intense is because all the girls are now together obviously well like, not necessarily you don't think it, like i don't like seen... i don't think the the therapist would have revealed it herself as the antler queen if all the girls weren't there, I think Prob- probably the reveal. Yes. Now she's like, now you're all together. Now embrace the feelings. Mm-hmm. What you're feeling like lose your inhibitions. Right. Um, and some of the quotes specifically, uh, when does self-repression serve us? Like you were telling them to embrace their inner feelings, like take your own advice uh, to which Lottie's like, but we hurt each other. Like we killed people. And then we get this. Mm, I love this line. Does a hunt that has no violence feed anyone? And that's when we <laughs> see her. Um, and again, I want to highlight it is that staticky motif, the same as we're yep. seeing with Ben Scott. And that's why I feel really good that those Ben Scott visions have something to do with Antler Queen. So, right. It's like those Lottie's therapy sessions are what Ben Scott's flashbacks are in in the cabin, mm, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay, Dave. So literally, if you think that way, at some point, and it, I don't see it happening because maybe it only would be revealing to Lottie, but you could say that Paul could change into the Antler Queen. Yeah, like I think maybe Paul, Similar, yeah, like, could be the was maybe like the Antler Queen at one point in the forest, and maybe they left right before Lottie was supposed to become the antler queen. That's why she's the one seeing all the Queens and everything. And like, she's the one 
being the closest to it because I think maybe she was the one that was supposed to be next, but the whole thing got interrupted by them getting rescued. Yeah. Awesome scene. I think we've covered it. So Lottie kind of immediately goes from this therapy session to meet up with the other girls who Nat has called all the yellow jackets together to just kind of decompress and talk about their treatments. And meanwhile, Van is passing around the bottle of tequila and Sean is just (laughs) like, come on, Nat, are you serious? Natalie scored Turchio is going to tell me not to fuck around. <laughs> Let's just like chill. Let's talk. Let's just hang out. Um, Lottie, of course, comes in. She's frazzled and she tells them to leave because she's just scared at this point. And she knows that as long as they're not all together, things can't get that bad. But everybody else gets like it, it's weird. Nat's like, come on, Lottie, time to yeah. start resisting. It like it felt very dreamlike or something. Like I I don't know. Were you guys getting a weird vibe? A little bit, yes. But I think it was just I think they were saying that as just like a parallel to what she had just been hearing with the Antler Queen. It's just kind of like more of that, like pushing it to Lottie's yeah. face that you know, just all these like stop resisting, like whether it be these temptations or the spirit God, you know, it's just stop resisting. Um, but overall though, I, I think I did get a little good vibes, but or sorry, uh like hallucination vibes, but I don't think it was. I think it was real and I'm just happy to see our girls. Yeah. I don't think it's a hallucination. Sorry, not like, hallucination. The way the, the others like, Yeah, yeah. The others just seem like they were acting a little bit off. And maybe it's because they're all feeling what Lottie was telling the therapist she's feeling. And they're all kind of just they're just pumping some oxygen into the the vents there. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. (laughs) Jimmy, Jimmy, get in here. I think that I think that you're right, Brian. I think that them being brought back together is making them feel alive. I don't see I don't see. I would I would have to go back to the 90s to think about this. I'm going to go back to the 90s, guys. But, (laughs) you know, it it seems like as Lottie's actually freaking out and getting stronger, but she's not happy that she's getting stronger. You know, she's seeing the stronger hallucinations. She's she's getting stronger with the spirit. It seems like the girls who used to be broken apart and didn't want to be together, didn't want to hang out with each other, didn't want to talk to each other are getting closer. Mm-hmm. And it just does seem like that Lottie gets stronger as the girls get closer together. I'm thinking about it. It's just so- that, yeah, go ahead. Keep sorry. I it's just the perfect. It's just the perfect way to show that the girls are starting to to mesh again and get closer together. I, to be completely honest, guys, I don't know where this this present day storyline is going. Like, I don't really either because when I'm thinking 90s, about it, like when I think about it, Lottie has been so afraid of you know she's in these therapy sessions that she's been having you know she's clearly expressed a lot of fear and un- uneasiness with whatever's been happening but then we get these like weird moments where like misty shows up at the campgrounds and like lottie's freaked out by her appearance and then like she like shakes it off and she's like oh like stay a while why don't you like this is all good yeah. for all of us like she's she's playing both sides of the coin it feels like and i just i don't know how to take it and i can't tell if it's bad writing i don't believe it is 
but it, no. she has been playing both well, sides. Lottie specifically is scared of and is trying to resist it. But we know that the wilderness is able to influence her more than the other girls. So like she's both trying to resist it and really doesn't have any choice in the matter. So and I guess I she like- has admitted that she also does like the animalistic feelings yeah. that yeah. she gets yeah. from it. Like she doesn't want to, to admit it, like but she drug. does. Yeah. 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 I guess you're right. I mean, the problem that I'm having is that when you're in the 90s, we're in the wilderness for 18, 19. I keep saying 18, 19. I keep I forget the exact amount of time, but they're they're there for a while. And we know what the point of that story is. We know that they're trying to survive. Okay, we know that things like sacrificing and death can happen pretty openly in our, you know, as our from our vantage point as viewers. But now we're in the present day. What is this going to turn into? Like, hey, let's turn back into cannibals. Like, you know, I, I, I mm-hmm. you know, bring in the Adam thing into this where at the end of the episode, it's revealed that Adam, his body is found. Hopefully our girl mystery, mystery, Misty did her job and his head's missing and they can't really figure out his body because, you know, she said you can't do anything with the body because there's no hands and feet and head. But I mean, what's the point of this story? I don't know what the spirit wants. And I know that it's because mm-hmm. it's season two out of five. And that's why theories are tough for that, at least the present day part of things. But, you know, we have the symbol on the on the grounds that we saw last episode. We we know that these like I think that doing the sacrifice for Van would be something in the right direction. Going back to the wilderness is the story just, hey, the wilderness is calling us. We have to go back to the wilderness. Is that literally what the story is? Is this the spirit just like chaos and it just wants them to be like going crazy and killing people or just doing what their primal needs or want? I, I don't know. Like, that's what I can't well, figure I think- out. And I think all those questions kind of tie into why we felt like this episode was a little bit slower because those are the kind of questions we're looking for is like at the end of the day, what are we, what is like the premise? Like where, what is the end goal that we're trying to get to with the girls and with the spirit spirit forest and episodes like these where we, you know, we focus on the rehab of, you know, the trauma and everything like we're so ingrained in wanting these answers that we can't like appreciate like episodes like these because we're just so fixated on like what the hell is going to happen next. And that's why go culmination of everything you're saying made this episode particularly feel a little bit slower because we're just not getting those kinds of answers. We're just getting a lots of red herrings. Yeah. Like the Antler queen shows herself and she's like, be primal. Yeah. Chaos. <laughs> do what you got to do. And Lottie's like, so what do you want me to do? Like, well, you, eat people again i don't (laughs) here we go these girls have been ripping shots all night they've been dancing under this falling snow by the campfire their inhibitions are gone and shauna gets a call from jeff essentially saying hey they found the remains honey uh (laughs) what are we gonna do about this so i I'm not sure if they're going to try and take matters into their own hands like right then and there. Maybe try and go like kill Kevin Tan or the Q's, like try and throw them off the investigation or something. I, Antler Queen wants these girls to commit felonies like that is happening <laughs> and they are dancing yeah. and yeah. drinking like they are embracing they're, the primal vices, stuff, man. Or if it's not that I'm thinking maybe this forest god doesn't even have like a narrative or I'm sorry, maybe this forest god doesn't have any other motivations other than it just wants maximum sacrifices for itself. Yeah, Lottie it just keeps wants saying to see the world it wants burn, blood. Like the it wants blood. They've also been making uh, kind of a 
not comparisons, but I'll use the word comparisons to like Greek culture. Like Kyle kind of went over it in mm-hmm. one of the early ep- earlier episodes of the season. But like back in the day, the Greeks used to believe that the gods like Zeus and shit, they just want sacrifices. They want prayer. Yeah. They just want to be loved. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe they're going that route. This forest God really isn't too picky. It just wants blood. It wants sacrifices. And maybe it's going to use our girls in the 2020s now that they have a compound full of a cult as kind of a larger scale uh, sacrifice machine. Mm-hmm. And then who's who's the protagonist then? One of our nobody. They're all our... terrible people. <laughs> yeah, right. So, Pete so Thompson has been Walter, saying that. Since... Walter is the yeah. good guy. So Walter how does this end? Walter sees what's going on and he's like, "We got to stop this." We no, I did Hey man, I'm just that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> now one of my one of my theories that I had that kind of stemmed out of nowhere when I was talking to Kathleen was from Nat's vision. Where I mean, it's it's not really a theory that's just coming out of my ass, but I think some people have said it, too. And it's kind of spoken by Nat, where she says in her hallucination with Lottie, the first time we really see the antler queen and the shadow um, in the present day, you know, Nat says, you know, we should have died that day. You see that you see the hallucination of their dead bodies on the plane burn up and you see the antler queen like queen, like walking down the aisle of the airplane and. You know, my thought is, are we going multiple timelines here? A timeline exists where they actually did die and they're on like borrowed time where this is another, you know, timeline where they they survived and the antler queen literally wants to even that out. Like they should have died in the original timeline. Now she wants to even that out with more sacrifices, more death. And yes, a bear heart's cool. Cutting your hand is pretty cool. You know, a little baby might be cool, but I want your freaking actual bodies that died on the plane that should have died on the plane. I want that. Hmm. I don't know. You know, I, I that's just another one of those theories that you're throwing at the dartboard. But I'm just trying to figure out what the point of present day storyline is right now. Yeah, I like it. Um, Like I said, the girls start dancing. They're by the fire. And this is where we start flashing back to the 90s where poor Misty just catches a stray out of nowhere. She's just trying to hum. It's a song called Lightning Crashes by Live. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but that's a song that's going on. Misty's just humming. Sean is like, what was that, bitch? You're humming (laughs) in my cabin? You're going to get rocked. Um, Crystal used to hum, man. Crystal did used to hum, and look what happened to her. But anyway, you got rock too, apparently. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, Shauna goes f- just fully berserk. Says, "You killed my baby. I saw all of you eating my baby." Ties like, "Girl, calm down. You are literally the crazy girl in the room right now. This cannot <laughs> happen." She bites Van, and then Lottie just intervenes and says, "Let it out, Shauna." And Shauna literally kills Lottie in cold blood. Uh, yeah. This. This set a damper on the entire episode for me because Lottie's dead, period. Shauna murdered her. (laughs) She is not surviving this. You cannot give me anything. The only way they can rationally convince me that she pulls through is from some supernatural force healing her. And that almost upsets me even more. I don't think Lottie should be able to get bailed out of just anything. I I don't see a way where they get past this storyline. And I'm satisfied with the fact that Lottie is not freaking dead right now had to get it out i know luke's with me on that one yeah, luke was definitely with you on that you one you can do whatever you want because 
<laughs> as we talked about this episode, I'm like, damn, this episode was pretty good. Why did I like not have the best feeling? And it's because they ended with this. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Because they killed off Lottie. And I know that they're not going to actually <laughs> kill off Lottie. So no, I'm whatever. completely with you. I think maybe like five or 10 less punches, punches would have been a little bit more reasonable. But because I she kept swinging. I'm like, OK, that's got to be the last one. OK, that's got to be the last one. Last one. But she just kept going and going. And Lottie's face is literally a balloon. Like. Yeah, she looks horrible. And look, I get it that the other girls kind of let it happen because, you know, they all, for the most part, Lottie said it faith in Lottie. Yeah, Lottie said yeah. it. Lottie's word is law. Let Shauna just take it out on her. But there should have definitely been some restraint with either the other people pulling Shauna off Lottie or Shauna just rescinding at least 10 punches because you're absolutely right, Brian. I think. 30 full-blown face like punches to the face would just kill anybody just unnecessary yeah it was so unnecessary you can die from one punch in the face if it's the wrong punch in the face like the one the one she got in the very first lick that she got on lottie was like i feel like that would have been good enough to maybe another one but like one or two would have been all so by punch 27 i was like this is excessive i mean yeah Yeah. i mean i got to the point where when she punches her then she falls to the ground. Then she kicks her. That kick should have been the last one. Yeah, yeah. Kick her while she's Completely down. Agree. Be pissed off and then be done with it. You kicked her in the stomach. Then we can buy that that she survived. I mean, she pulled a freaking Tyler Durden in Fight Club mm-hmm. and beat the shit out of Jared Leto. Also, and- like, none of the girls did anything, which, like, in that situation, somebody would have intervened. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like one it's that. because it came from Lottie that everyone's that, just that like that is true. But at the same time, you're. I also agree back. with you where there should have been at least at some point the girls would have been like, okay, now this is crossing the line a little bit. We got to worry for Lottie's life. It's not like, oh, let's just like hang back and wait for Shauna to tire herself out or Lottie to be like with her dying breath, like it's all good, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. there should have been a finer line other- drawn there. I mean, I get it yeah, was for the effect of like it really it made me sick a little bit, honestly, seeing Lottie getting fucked up as much as it she was. And I get that that tension was there. But if we're talking realism, which I guess yeah, this yeah. show isn't really about because of ghosts and everything. But like at the end of the day, if you wanted it to be somewhat realistic, don't have Shauna literally kill Lottie here. I mean, Brian, I think that the answer is going to be something that you don't want, which is the they're going to do a sacrifice to 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 bring her back to. I mean, there has to either be a time jump or they have to do some kind of. All right. Lottie's going to be chilling for an episode or two while we do other shit. I mean, she's not going to get better quickly. They're going to have to do a a sacrifice or they really are going to give us a time jump where Lottie eventually makes it. Uh, I think it's very important to talk about the fact that Lottie puts her hands behind her back and says, do it. You're very important. We're going to need you. Yeah, we need you. Very important. She also makes Travis remove Javi from the room. She says, take Javi out. So and, weird. I don't, I don't know. And Lottie, again, does she know the future? Does she know that she's going to survive this beatdown and she just takes it because she knows she needs to take it? Or is she just literally being Lottie, who, you know, even in the present day, is all about making people, you know, deal with what they need to deal with. And she's, a, I mean, she just seems like a good person. And she's just like, all right, you need this, so I'll take it. But my point is that maybe she did know that she's just going to, take a bad beat down but survive it somehow 
her well, yeah, face it was it was a lot her yeah. face was destroyed her face better be just sitting in snow for the next like three episodes like she better be in <laughs> well that's a lot of sacrifice man throw all that blood all over the forest <laughs> yeah, true. that shauna's doing her part with her bloody knuckles in the snow so yeah this is fun how like when she's finally done, she's like, Lottie, just to make sure she's not dead, which she should be, but she's yeah. not. So she spits up and then she's like, and just immediately dips out. Nat's like, what the fuck just happened? Which yeah. is how yeah. I react. I'd be like, whoa. But, but I love how it's literally going back and forth with these scenes where she yeah. bites Van and then they see her and Van dancing together. And then it's her beating the shit out of Lottie. And then her and Lottie are laughing in present day together. And they're just back and forth, back and forth. And you see so- Ty just just devastated by everything that's going on and then she's in the scene laughing and dancing it's just it was cool shit it also brings up that like this is a i would not be okay seeing someone in the future if this is our previous history with each other like how are lottie and shauna like even able to be in the same room how are any of these girls able to be in the same room is it really just like time heals all wounds maybe they were talking about potentially their memories have been repressed i don't even think if we went over that now it was just like some things are hazier than others for me and shauna says the most sane thing ever hey if i'm repressing anything good i don't want to remember it Mm. Um, i think that's very important that's a very important line that they are forgetting things yeah definitely yeah but last scene is just shauna taking the phone call from jeff Yefe, brilliant in his one appearance of the episode. Nice comic relief. How he's just like, hey, sweetie, do you remember that man from the auto collision? They found yeah. his uh, remains in the park. So great Yefe sighting. Um, mm. But that is our episode, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, this was definitely a long one. And I know we were kind of like shitting on it a little bit in the beginning with saying it was a slower episode, but we just had to get all of our theories out there. I mean, like we did get a, a I was going to say an information dump, but it was more of just like a question dump. Just like, okay, here's some things that we'll tease you guys with to get your minds juggling a little bit more, but still a fantastic show. I'm ride or die every episode. I'm not, I I don't think you'll catch me saying anything overall bad about this show until it really deserves to just a phenomenal episode. We do want to do the most valuable person, the MVP and um, buzzkill of the episode as well. And before I forget, Kathleen did have a theory that she wanted us to mention. When the girls are gossiping, Misty says something like, oh, well, Nat had sex with Kevin Tan. And Lottie immediately is just like, the goth guy? What was that like? Kathleen is extrapolating from that one line that Lottie has never had sex. She was a virgin when she went into the wilderness. And then immediately from being rescued, she was sent off to Switzerland. So it could have some and we know like in like the like fake portrayal of cults you know like virgin sacrifices are like a big thing so that again we're not 100 sure kathleen's riding the hottest hand right now she got one theory right so far that's better than anyone else has done so i'll keep riding that hot hand i'm 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 in for that theory a little bit i actually did rewatch it she does look she has a surprised expression on her face that would be consistent with mm-hmm, Kathleen's mm-hmm. theory. All right, let's get into it. Our MVPs and biggest buzzkill of the episode. Um, if Jimmy, if you're ready, I think we should throw it to you for your since you're the first one. We'll give you all the options so you don't have to repeat any. All right. So my MVP 
is going to be Bruce the goat. Oh, that's the second animal. (laughs) We had uh, the dog. I already forget his name. That hasn't made its return (laughs) since whatever episode it got lost. But there we go. I thought I thought Bruce the goat was funny. He was a funny part to add to this episode. It actually does bring out some important information from Shauna. She gives us in the last two episodes some very important information about her, whether it's partially because we're flashing back to the 90s, but also in the present day. She has that scene in, in jail where she's explaining how, you know, she didn't really think she wanted kids. And obviously we know now why she didn't want kids. She didn't even want a husband. She can't figure out why she can't love them fully. She's trying to keep them at arm's length. She says the exact same thing when she talks to Lottie about how uh, Bruce the goat was with her. She's, you know, she's saying that she can't keep Callie, um, you know, she's keeping Callie at arm's length because she's scared she's going to kill her or she's going to die or she's going to lose her. Obviously, just like her son, who would have been crazy if his name was going to be Bruce. But, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so, I I mean, it's a joke, but it's serious. I'm going to take Bruce the goat. Are we doing buzz kills at the same time or are we yeah. going? You can go right yeah. buzz kill. Oh, yeah. Um, give me a second because I um, have to think about my buzz kill here. Um it has is it, it so when you say buzzkill, it's a character, right? Mm-hmm. Or is it just correct? Not like a well, moment. Mari, but... dude. I think yeah. she's asking for it. I think <laughs> yeah. she's. I, I think she's asking for it from Misty. I think she's the buzzkill of the '90s right now. She's just starting shit. She's stirring the pot. She, you know, whether it's not realizing it that Misty's hearing it and eavesdropping, or even when she's in person with Misty. If you know Misty's dangerous, then why the hell are you taunting her? I think she's asking for it. So I, I think that she's the problem in the group right now. Like all the other girls, I know that like they're all, they all have their moments with Misty and they all say this and they all say that, but otherwise they all seem like they kind of get along. But Mari just seems like she's always negative when they show her. So she's not doing it for me. She's my buzzkill. Yeah, that was going to be my number one. But B Tom, since I introduced the MVP buzzkill segment, you can go next. Cool. Yeah, Jimmy, an easy way to earn points on this podcast yeah. is making Mari the buzzkill. By the way, we are an anti-Mari pod. I actually, that poor actress, she has to play a bully. She does a great <laughs> job, but yeah, very hateable character. Yeah. All right. My MVP. Hmm. <laughs> Let's go with adult Lottie. I feel mm-hmm. like she was putting out fires left and right, bopping around, kind of consoling adult Shauna, Taisa, helping them with her their problems. Uh, the Antler Queen reveal, that was kind of a, like I said earlier, a mindfuck moment, but it would be terrifying if you actually realize that yourself. She's probably scared, but also a little bit like, ooh, this could be fun if I really do let loose. <laughs> so adult Lottie had... Uh, is my MVP just because I feel like she is guiding the rest of the Yellow Jackets and our story in the 2020s. My buzzkill is going to be adult Shauna because, or I'm sorry, my buzzkill is going to be young Shauna because she literally killed Lottie. End of story. <laughs> yeah. I'm struggling to come up with another uh, buzzkill because that was, I feel like, just a, like the easy low-bearing fruit right there, but we'll start with the MVP for me. Um, we'll go with young Misty. Um saving coach Ben Scott from uh, suicide, just a really incredible moment from her. I think just giving us just some great misty moments. Just one of my favorite characters overall. I had van as uh, honorable mention for bringing the tequila. Um, I wanted to just shout that one out, but mm-hmm. I'm struggling with this, great this buzzkill right now, to be honest, guys, I don't, I don't know. I feel like everyone was either like good or 
like young Sean is the only one that comes to my mind. So just to throw a name out there, Mari sucks. Uh, we'll go with, um, who's the, I think it's Jen, that weird blonde. Ooh, there you go. No, Jen is actually the one that was with the blonde. Whoever was talking Jen, about Jen's the other people, one that wants to eat. Whoever, yeah, yeah so. whoever the girls were that were talking about eating other people are the biggest buzzkills because, you know, why we gotta, why we gotta eat people. And Kathleen also said that Jen was the one that yelled at Crystal and was being a biatch to Crystal when she, all she was doing was humming right. in the episode that, that she's really introduced, even though she is in the background. Was of this other the episode episodes. we got the Jen name drop or was it last episode? I can't remember. Either way, I was pissed um, when that happened. That I think she it was got this, a name drop. Yeah, I was like, oh, my <laughs> God, it's two se- for season two, episode seven. And we're just now getting this bitch's name. Like, come <laughs> on, guys. Like, what is this? But I just had to put that out there. Yeah, a little ridiculous there. I still don't know the blonde girl's name. She's just oh. Laura, Laura Lee 2.0 because she's yeah. a blonde girl. Um, All right. Yeah, I mean, that's our MVP and Buzzkill. Anything else, guys? Jimmy, it could be a while until you're back on the Yellow Jackets pod. I'm Any, going back uh, to the bench. Words? Yeah, you're going back warming down that, to the I'm warming that cold bench up. Mm-hmm. Um, No, I mean, I think that's it, guys. I'm going to be... On the other YouTube channel, throwing theories left and right at you. Uh, I, I really enjoy doing the theory talk. So those five to seven minute episodes are going to be on our Bingetown Entertainment channel. The other side, we keep Bingetown TV, more podcast videos. We, we, we were mixing them. Now we're separating them. So podcast on Bingetown TV, podcast, Bingetown Entertainment has the theory videos. I could throw theories at you guys all day. I think we got a lot of them out there today. I think that's enough for to to <laughs> make our head explode. So otherwise, yeah. another another good episode. I do think it was one of my least favorite, but again, great, great, great show. So one of my least favorites still means it's a good good episode. So uh, that's it for me. I appreciate you guys letting me on for this episode. Dude, it was a pleasure having you. Um, <laughs> and that is going to do it for Yellow Jackets episode seven. We only have two more episodes eight and nine are going to be the last of the season until we have to wait a very 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 long time for season three but at least we will get a season three yes yes, we will 100 percent green lit we're good to go so we'll just have to relish these next two episodes and hopefully they're bangers i feel like we're we're locked and loaded to uh get a nice ending here in season two but no return no return return. Indeed, that's going to do it for us. If you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BingetownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, YouTube, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, and thanks for listening. Buzz, 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 buzz. Buzz, 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 buzz. buzz. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.